come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And hey, it's uh, it's kind of rainy right now here where we're at in Florida, kind of Tampa Bay area, Florida. I hope your weather's doing good. Hope you guys are getting to get outside and do something fun. Uh, we, of course, if you listened to the last episode, you know that we had to go ahead and cancel the cruise. And of course, what happened like two, three days later? Carnival canceled it on. Yeah. Yeah, Carnival canceled it. They pulled the, I don't know if you'd say pulled the the wheels out from underneath it because it's a ship, so it doesn't have wheels. But um, they pulled the rudder out from underneath it. How about that? They they pulled the the engines. Yeah. They turned it off. Anyway, it's not happening. And and here's the thing. So um, those of you that either paid the money for this cruise or whatever cruise, you know, before, and then it gets canceled. Or if you maybe got an extension, we know some people that got an extension, then you might have gotten the deal. You know, the deal. What's the deal? What's the deal? The deal is basically a credit. And that credit is for like 600 bucks. Yeah. So that's like some excursions and some drinks and yeah, whatever, photos. <laughs> And and uh, we we missed out on that. We missed out on our six hundred dollar credit by four days. By four days, which is unfortunate. Um, we if we would have called and asked for the extension, we we probably would have gotten that, and then we would have gotten six hundred dollars of credit. That's per cabin, not per person. So it would have been like three hundred dollars of credit for each of us. And uh, yeah, we didn't get it. Now you might think that we're really angry about that. Well, I. I can't speak for Kimber. Are you really angry about that? I'm not. I'm I'm slightly annoyed just because I knew it was going to happen. And, of course, it happened four days after, you know, we made that call. But I'm not, I'm not really mad about it. Would have been nice if they would have stayed off until, like, September 25th. And then they were like, you know what? No cruises. And, but, I mean, I'm glad that they're telling people. But here's here's my take on it. Okay, so first of all, let me say, if you were one of the people that have gotten this credit. I am by no means faulting you. If it happened to me, I would take it. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I would definitely take it. I'm just saying that I don't feel bad about missing it because here's why. Okay. Is Carnival kind of playing fast and loose with the rules? Yeah. I mean, they announced that they knew, you know, they knew when we canceled that they were going to do that, but wouldn't I have been playing fast and loose with the rules too? Had I and I done that, like I knew that cruise wasn't going to happen. We knew it wasn't going to happen. We just didn't want to pay the money out front up front and then have to wait for a refund or all that stuff. So here's why I'm not mad about it because even though it's cool that they're doing that, they're offering that $600 onboard credit to people. I think that's awesome. I think that's amazing. I don't think they necessarily owe that to people because it's not the cruise line's fault that coronavirus is happening. It's not their fault 
that we're living through a pandemic. And I support the cruise lines. I want them to succeed. And it's not like one of these situations where you're like, well, the cruise line's making so much money hand over fist, whatever. What's $600 cruise credit to them? Look, they're selling ships. It's a lot to them. It's a lot. And I want the cruise lines to be successful. I don't want them to go out of business. Again, if they would have offered me $600 of onboard credit, I'm not saying I would have been like, no, I'm too good for your $600 of credit. Put it towards the business. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. I wouldn't have let you do that. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, for real. But that's kind of how I've, I've thought about this whole thing. Like, look, when we were going back and forth about, well, we, we didn't think about doing the extension when we were going back and forth about, well, should we pay it? Cause we know it's going to get canceled. Um, that was one of the things that was in the back of my head. And then after it happened, I was like, look, it is what it is. And I'm not going to get upset about it. I think it's okay. It's all right. And I hope that when this is all said and done, that that carnival and Norwegian and all the cruise lines, I hope that they are able to, uh, keep the ship righted and, and sail into the future. So that's, that's my little two cents. Uh, you may agree. You may disagree. What, what do you guys think about that? Do you, do you think I'm being too easy on the cruise lines? Um, are people being too hard on the cruise lines? I hear a lot of criticism from the cruising community of the cruise industry right now. And some of it may be warranted. I know, look, every business I know of is kind of playing, uh, these games with their, with their rules and stuff. Uh, or at least a lot of them are. I shouldn't say every business I know of, but a lot of them are. And part of me is like, that's not ethical. And part of me is like, look, they're doing that to avoid people doing unethical things to them, but we don't really talk about that side of things. So, um, and again, I'm not saying you're unethical. If you take the credit, I would do it. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, just something to think about. If you have thoughts on that, opinions on that, I would love to hear them and discuss them. You know, maybe you changed my mind. Maybe I've changed your mind. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Send us an email and uh, we will talk about it right here on the Fantastic Cruising Podcast. Hey, remember Shark Week is coming up next or actually this week and we're going to watch it. We're going to not watch all of it because there's like 27, 30. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot. But we are going to watch several of them. We're going to do a review. And right now, if you go to the Fantastic Cruising community, you can see the entire list of Shark Week episodes. And we're looking for your input because we're going to choose the ones that we think that we want to watch for various reasons. But we want you guys to have a voice in it, too. So go to Fantastic Cruising community over on Facebook and vote for your top three documentaries that you want us to watch, rate, and review on Shark Week on the next podcast. We did get a couple emails. Actually, before I say that, let me say thank you. We got another, we got another uh, rating on iTunes. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah. So thank you very much for keep them coming. Keep those ratings coming on iTunes. It is very helpful to us and our egos as well as no, you're not even going to laugh at that. As, I, as I we, laughed quietly. They she, didn't. It was I a laughed. silent laugh. She's the <laughs> silent laugher. No, it, it, we do really appreciate it. It means a lot to us, and it does help the podcast get out there as well. So we appreciate that quite a bit. So we got a couple of emails, though, and uh, let's start with the first one from Terry and John all the way from Canada. Woohoo, Canada. And do you want to read this one or do you want me to read it? Um, I'll let you read this one. I'll do the next one. Okay, it says, hi, Matt and Kimbra. Enjoy listening to your podcast. I live in Vancouver Island and booked a Disney cruise from Vancouver to Alaska return. 
It was $900 CAD. I'm assuming that's, is that Canadian dollars? I'd say Canadian dollars. Probably per person, which was one of the cheapest cruises we've taken because we didn't have to fly. So that is something to consider if you don't have to fly and you used to have to fly, then see, I've never had to fly. Yeah, so me either. I don't, I don't factor that in, but for people that do, and then they don't, that's like a big, huge savings that could then, you know, you go, well, I, this is my budget for cruising normally. So it works out anyway. Um, we only had to ferry over and back one night hotel. It was great. That's another thing. Hotels, you know, if we cruise out of Tampa, out of, um, Cape Canaveral, we don't really have to get a hotel. Definitely not for Tampa. And that saves us another, you know, it's like, could be 150 bucks or something like that or, or more. I, I've done Disney once, both Royal Caribbean and uh, Carnival twice. After Carnival this past March, I've decided that my favorite is Royal Caribbean. It just seems a bit more special, maybe because it was my first cruise line. Take care. Yes, I... I mean, well, to be fair, Royal Caribbean was my first cruise line, too. I do think that there, I could definitely see that angle, that Royal Caribbean is more special, in in a sense. It's got some things about it that are really cool and really special, and they're, it's a different experience, but likely, like we said last week, a lot of that depends on the ship, the, when you're cruising, all that can intensify that or de-intensify that, so... Yeah. Thank you for the email, though, guys. And thank you for listening up in Canada. All right. What's our next email? Or did you have anything you wanted to say about that before I just... You said all the things. I said everything you, you could have possibly said and more? Yes. All right. Perfect. <laughs> all right. So our next email is from Jennifer. And Jennifer said... Jennifer, who's been on the podcast. Yes. Yes. Thank you, the Jennifer. Jennifer. Hello, fantastic friends. What an exciting episode, Disney Cruising and Shark Week. I personally would love to take a Disney cruise. I'm a huge Disney fan and have already canceled three planned out trips to Disney in 2020. That's sad. That, that is sad. Our last hope is a Disney trip in December. If funds and timing work out, I would love to take a Disney cruise. Maybe just once and then I'll go back to Norwegian. <laughs> That's right, because uh, Jennifer is uh, Norwegian loyal. Yes, which we need more experience on, yes. for sure. And uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're already sailing Norwegian, Disney still is a lot more expensive. But it's not as much more expensive necessarily. Than like Carnival. Carnival, on the average. I know there are exceptions, but on the average. So. Yeah. And then, I'm not, she's not done, Matt. Okay. I see, I see you trying to move on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to move on, Jennifer. I'm not. <laughs> She says, Shark Week always teaches me something, and I do watch it off and on. I'm really looking forward to serial shark attacks. Who knew? How do they even get the cereal underwater? Do tiger sharks prefer frosted flakes? Maybe I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> they say they're great. Great white. They're great white. <laughs> After your critique of Shark Week, will you please address and review Sharknado? I imagine that would make a fun episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> Have you seen that movie, Sharknado? I have not. I have not either. I've look. I've seen. I've had to sit through snakes on a plane, and I've watched my share of of cheesy movies. I have not done Sharknado. I don't really. Uh, I don't really want to watch Sharknado. It just seems so ridiculous. I don't know. I feel like we have to now. Maybe 
the pressure's on. Yeah, we've been told we have to. And now everybody knows that we've been told we have to. Right, that's true. Well, listen, Jennifer, I hope you guys do get to go to Disney in December. And if you do, we'd love to like drive over there and have lunch or something like that. That's a good idea. Right? Yeah. I like Orlando. Orlando's good. And that means we can stop at one of our favorite dive shops. That's right. We can go to Divers Direct. Yeah. Directly to Divers Direct. So, okay. So that's cool. So that's, those are the emails for the week. If you do have a question, a story, a whatever, send it to, again, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. And we will, uh, we'll address it right here on the podcast. All right. What's next? You have the list. What do, is it? I do have the list. So, okay. So here's here's the next thing I want I want to talk about. First of all, since we just mentioned Jennifer, um, I want to mention another one of our people that are very regular contributors to the Fantastic Cruising podcast. Oh, I know. You know? Yeah. He was on the same episode as Jennifer. That's a that's a funny coincidence. Yeah. That's true. I forgot they were on the same episode, and of course. We know if you don't, what, what am I talking about? You know, we're talking about Tony Dials. Tony Dials, who came on the podcast and uh, told us about his cruise to Bermuda. And look, um, Tony is really good about contributing to the fantastic cruising community over on Facebook. If you're not aware of that already, go to Facebook and then look up fantastic cruising community or just look for the link in one of our podcast episodes and uh, you can find it. You got to answer a couple of questions, and then if you do, we'll probably let you in, and then you can see all of this stuff that Tony's contributing, which is mostly really cool and cute, in many cases, animal stuff, creature stuff, cruise creature stuff. Like, constantly, and it's awesome. Yes. I think he even apologized once. He did. He's like, <laughs> hope this is okay, but I'm going to keep doing it anyways. No, look, Tony, <laughs> we are the Cruise Creature Podcast, like diving animals, and cruising, that's us. That's who we are. And I think that uh, that all of our listeners appreciate us for that, for being that. That's our niche that we fill. That's our role we play in the ecosystem of the cruising community. And uh, we, we enjoy that niche and want to keep fulfilling that niche. Speaking of that, we had another fun post on the Fantastic Cruising community. And that was about the octopus. And, and this was, let me, let me just bring it up here because um, it's been a couple of days since I looked at it and I want to make sure that I, that I get it right. But it, it started quite the discussion and, and it was a lot of fun. So let's see here. I just got to go down to it. And there we go. From Michael. He said, all right, we're looking for input from the community about Matt's favorite cephalopod, which is, I mean, look. You I just, just love, said it. I just love cephalopods in general. I just want to say, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want cuttlefish out there to hear this podcast and be like, yo, what about us? Like, you don't like us anymore? No, I love you, cuttlefish. Giant squid, you have a special place in my heart. And uh, I only have one, but I share it with you. But, yeah, the octopus is probably my favorite. And there's a lot of octopuses out there. But, anyway, what's your favorite cephalopod? Um... I mean, I like octopuses, but you just said cuttlefish, and it made me remember how much I like cuttlefish. Cuttlefish are pretty awesome. So, all of them? All of them. That's a safe answer. (laughs) 
Anyway, my wife and I are in, have an argument going. Well, maybe a discussion is a better word. Uh, what if, by a quirk of fate, octopuses evolved on land? Would that would they be the dominant species today? Some things to consider: the fact that they evolved in the water was a positive and negative. They could not discover fire, so so essential. I'm just picturing an octopus now rubbing sticks together. Think about <laughs> how many fires they could start simultaneously with eight arms. I mean, Four. come on. What? Four. Four. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's you're right. But still, that's impressive. I can't even start one. So uh, they could not and develop um, for development of society and technology. But it did probably insulate them from the chicks. I'm going to try and say this right. Chicxulub asteroid, which is the asteroid that um, we think took out the dinosaurs. Uh, 30 million years of lead time compared to our own estimated time on the planet. They might have had ray guns to destroy it. It's true. They might have, yeah, they might have got there faster. I mean, we don't have ray guns. One in each arm. That's right. They could be well armed. Then they'd have eight. Well armed. You see see what I did there? (laughs) I'm no sucker. Uh, that was just that was just a cheap shot. Just a fun little quarantine. What if to help keep our minds off the bad news today? Which this I think he posted on the day that Carnival and all the other cruise lines via Clea via Clea. See, I like that. Uh, <laughs> extended the cruising, no cruising in the United States. I think anywhere really until at least October thirty first. Actually, after through. October thirty first. Through it's another way to say that simpler. And so that was sad. But what a great question. I love this kind of question. So it's, and believe me, this is, don't think this isn't something I haven't thought about before. I've often contemplated insects and uh, cephalopods and things like that and, and uh, what has kept them back and what, what they excel at and, and that sort of thing. So what's your take, Kimbra? Would octopuses rule the world had they evolved on land? I think they could, Yeah. I mean, they're really, really smart. They know how to use tools. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, the octopus can figure out how to unscrew a jar lid. I don't know if they can screw it back on, though. That's the test, I guess, really. Can they screw the jar lid back? And and they they camouflage and change color, so they might even be better than us. Maybe. I mean, they definitely are the masters of camouflage, changing colors, even changing the texture of of their skin. To blend in, I mean, they they are really good at that. They are super intelligent. Their vision is pretty crazy, remarkable. They they got a lot going for them. They got a lot going for them. Now he mentioned, well, they live in the water, which has its pluses and minuses. And one of the big minuses, which also affects cetaceans, I think, especially things like dolphins, is that yeah, you you can't get fire going. It's harder to build stuff. So, um, you know, they didn't they didn't get that part of the puzzle there, but, uh, but there are advantages of living in water too, like the less gravity. And I mean, it's kind of like if you lived on land and it was the same gravity, you'd be able to fly more or less because you could swim through like if the density, I guess I should say the density of the air was there. Anyway, I think think that's pretty interesting. Um, Here's what I think is going to, is going to, thwart all the octopuses plans on an evolving past humanity. And that is their lifespan. They got to get past the lifespan because octopuses don't live very long. Like two years is, is the, about the tops of, of any species I am aware of, of cephalopod, actually, not just octopus. That's it. Two year lifespan. They're like the, um, 
They're like the the replicants in Blade Runner. You've never seen that movie. No. But uh, they, you know, they were they were faster, they were stronger, they were smarter, and so humans built them. They were kind of android-ish, but they built in a, a fail-safe, which was basically a four-year lifespan. They got four years, two more than the cephalopods, twice as long, and then they just died. And that's kind of the premise of the movie because the replicants are coming back and they're trying to get to the Tyrell, the guy that made them, and get an extension on their life. But, uh, yeah, anyway, octopuses can't can't live that long. If you can't live that long... It's it's hard to, you know, really establish a society, I think, when you have a two-year lifespan. So you just said a lot of words, and the whole time I was just imagining us sitting here as octopuses, like, recording this. <laughs> I don't know what they... I mean, they also don't have a regular mouth. They have a beak. But, I mean, birds have a beak. So maybe they would have been able to make sounds or... Underwater, they communicate with colors and patterns. So maybe they just do that. Why couldn't that be just as effective as sound to communicate? I mean, isn't that the way that, like, chameleons do stuff? Like, don't they change colors and stuff? Yeah, but the chameleon is is a pale comparison to the the cephalopod. I mean, a chameleon thinks they're tough because they can change their colors and their pattern. They They don't have nearly... The amount of weaponry that a, a, an octopus. Well, no, has. I'm I'm literally just talking about changing color. Yeah, no, they do, they do, but they're kind of restricted. They've got like, you know, A, B, maybe C, which is kind of in between A, B, where the octopus is like whatever I want. I'm just gonna look. I'm just gonna change to whatever I want, and uh, within reason. There's some limitations on those chromatophore cells, but yeah, I mean, think about how effective sign language is. And then if you could add, like, colors and patterns of that, I mean, that would just blow it up, you know? That'd be cool. It would be very, very cool. So, I don't know. Uh, we had our friend Tom, who does the intro music to this podcast, and he's one of our coworkers, too, and he has a great song about octopuses, which points out that they are octopuses, not octopi. But anyway, he actually tuned in with, a, with another post that showed an octopus on the land, because... You know, I was like, they can't land would be a problem because of gravity. They'd have to overcome that. Octopuses do go on land, just like Finding Dory, but uh, they can't live in a mop bucket. I'm pretty sure that would kill them. A mop bucket <laughs> would not work out well for an animal with gills. But they can go across like a beach, a tide pool. Uh, the video that he posted that's like rocking across the sand. And uh, but they're not, you know, that's where the disadvantage is, because when you're an animal without a skeletal internal skeletal structure and uh, you're kind of gelatinously blobby thing, it's hard to keep your shape when you're when you're on land. You know, it just doesn't work out very well. And so while they are effective for a while, it's it's not going to last. And I don't know how how long they could really hold up that that octopus run, that cephalopod run. They can just take over all like the, the shores and beaches. They could Cause, do that. Because then they're close enough to get back in the water when they need to. That's true. That's true. So anyway, I thought that was a really fun question. Thank you so much for posting that in the community and uh, lightening our spirits and giving us something to to, to discuss in fun and uh, not in heated, tor- tormentious, bitter arguments. Tormentious? I just made that word up. That's <laughs> what I do on the podcast when I'm trying to think and talk at the same time. It doesn't always work. So that's what happens. 
Okay, well, let's move on to our main topic, which is the cruise that we're going on in just over two weeks. Uh, not really a cruise. Look, we're going to be on the boat. We're going to be over coral reefs. That's a cruise, right? We're going to eat food. It's a mini cruise. <laughs> Check that in that case, we're going to be on four mini cruises. Four mini cruises. At least. Maybe five. Maybe six. Who knows? Yeah. But at least four. And, and yeah, so we have a countdown. We have a cruise countdown for our non-cruise cruises. And that is actually from today. I'm looking at the calendar. It looks like 15 days. So we just right now made that cruise countdown because yes. you just now looked at the calendar. Yes, I just looked at it. And when this comes out tomorrow, it'll be 14 days. We'll be leaving two weeks from when this podcast comes out on Sunday, August 9th. And, uh, and and where are we going? Key Largo. We're going to Key Largo, which I think we mentioned. Did we mention that last time? I don't know if we did. I don't know. No, I don't think we did. I think we might have said that we were looking into it. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't know either. We say a lot of things. We do. We do. But we are. So we had to get, you know, we had so we work. We have to get permission to go on vacation, all that stuff. It's a little tetchy right now because... You know, some places you can't go without quarantining. We had to make sure that was okay. And it all got okayed. We got the thumbs up in every area. And uh, we feel comfortable going down there. And so we're going down. We're heading down on the 23rd. Going to be down there till the 29th when we are driving back up here to give us a day of rest before we go back to work refreshed and waterlogged. I'm so excited. <laughs> So this is what we're going to do, okay? We're just going to give you a, a preview of our of our holiday. Just pretend we're on a cruise, okay? That just pretend this is like a it's there's a lot of things in common with a Key Largo trip and the cruise. Mostly that it's a tropical location with water activities for us. That's in boats. That's I mean that's a So lot. it's basically a cruise without unlimited food. Yes, and without being on a ship. And yeah. A lot of but, other things. But we're staying at this place called the Marina Del Mar, which we got a really good rate, like $114 a night, which is pretty awesome. And it's got a swimming pool. It's got a hot tub. Uh, the The hotel is right on the water, as you would expect from some place called the Marina Del Mar. And it's actually, uh, what, like, what did they say, like 100, 150 feet from the dive boat? Yeah. Like, so, I think they, I think it was even 100 I think it was, I think you're right. I think it was a hundred feet from the dive boat. So like, you know, one blue whale length away from the dive boat. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. The little dive shop, dive boat slash thing. Yeah. So we're, we're excited about that. We get continental breakfast. So we do get a little bit of included food. That's true. I don't know what that's, I don't know what it's going to look like. Look, we're going to try and vlog it. We're going to try and vlog the whole thing before we get to the hotel on the way down. Cause we're going to take Sunday to get down there. And we can't check in until like four o'clock anyway. So we thought, you know what? We're going to go through some really cool spots. Uh, we thought about going into the Everglades, but the Everglades is expensive. The place we like to go, Shark Valley, it's like 30 bucks. We, we may go there. I don't know. But there's another place called Corkscrew Swamp. We have to make sure they're going to be open. Did we find out if they're open? They're not going to be open. We're not going to go there. I'm going <laughs> to delete all that out of there. <laughs> so we're going to head down on Sunday, and uh, on the way down, we may stop 
in the Everglades because we're going to go through, we're going to go on the Tam Miami Trail, which is 41. I used to always call it Old Alligator Alley, which is not correct, but that's what I used to call it because there's a lot of alligators. If you go across the state of Florida and you're in the southern part of the state, you basically have two choices. You can take the toll road on 75, which is actually Alligator Alley, or you can go further south and go the Tam Miami Trail, which is Highway 41. Now, there's a lot of differences here. One, 41 is not a toll. Two, 75 Alligator Alley is like a regular four, I think it's a four-lane highway. Uh, Tam Miami Trail is a two-lane highway, so that can slow you down a little bit. The, the uh, speed limit at night is like 40 miles per hour because you don't want to hit an alligator or a Florida panther or a black bear. So that's, they have a night speed limit and they have a daytime speed limit. So that's interesting. But people go to Alligator Alley and they, they think, I'm going to see alligators. And you probably will see a few alligators on Alligator Alley. And they'll be like 100 yards away. I saw lots of them. On the other side of a fence in the water. You saw a lot of them when we went down? On, on our on, way back from Miami? Yeah, I saw so lots of them. You can see them for sure, but if you go the Tam Miami Trail, you are right next to the canal that was dug out to build the Tam Miami Trail because it, the elevation's too low. And there, that thing is loaded with alligators and birds. It is super, super, super scenic. Lots of cool stuff to see. Even if we don't go to one of the big parks like Shark Valley, we like to go to Shark Valley, but it's like 30 bucks to get in there. So even if we don't do that, we still will probably stop at some of the little sites along the way and just it's really cool. So so that's how we're going to start this trip. We're going to go Tam Miami Trail, boom. We're going to avoid Miami as as much as we can and uh, we're going to go down through Homestead and then on to Key Largo. Key Largo, if you're not familiar, there's a bunch of keys that go and end at Key West. Key Largo is the first key. And it's one of the biggest as far as like uh, length key-wise. It's it's fairly big compared to some of the other keys. There's a lot on it. There's a lot of the dive shops are there, a lot of restaurants, a lot of stores. Uh, there's You know what there's not of? And if you listen to other episodes, you'll have heard us say this. There's not a lot of beaches there because it's mangrove trees and marinas that's pretty much it there's a couple of beaches they're not like you would see like in this part of florida or even in like miami fort lauderdale this is not the kind you don't go to the keys to go to the beach or if you do you're probably going to be disappointed there are some small beaches but that's that's about it now we're going to get down there we're going to check into the hotel sunday night sunday afternoon i guess you could say and then uh, I don't know what we're going to do Sunday evening. So I don't know. Maybe we'll just relax. We'll walk around. We'll get in the pool. We'll get in the hot tub. You know, we'll we'll, we'll just take it all in. Um, I don't know. Monday, we're not diving Monday. No. We're, we have Monday to do whatever we want. So what are we going to do Monday? Do you know what we're going to do Monday? My plan is to go to the dive shops. That's probably what we're going to do. We've already scoped them out. There's like several down there we want to go to. So we're going to we're going to hit all the dive shops. We're going to stop by where we're diving through, which is a place called Rainbow Reef Dive Center. Uh, we got a good deal through them for a package for scuba and to stay. Uh, so we're going to check in with them and hit our they our favorite dive shop has a, a store in Key Largo. So Divers Direct. We'll see if it's bigger, the same size as the other ones. And uh, 
and I don't know, we, we may do some other things too. Maybe we'll go, there's John Penny Camp State Park, which is mostly out in the water, but they have like a, a home base and there's a little beach called, what's it called? Cooper's Beach, I think. That sounds right. And uh, and I've, I've snorkeled there before and I've seen some cool stuff. It's not like going out on the reef, but you know, it's like eight bucks or something, seven, eight bucks to get into the park. So for the car, not for each person, we'll probably check that out too. Uh, you can also do snorkeling excursions from several different places, which range from about 30 bucks to about 50 bucks, depending on who you go through, where you're going, all that kind of thing. I don't know if we're going to do that on Monday. Probably not, because we'll probably want to just go, you know, kind of relax, check everything out. Anything else you want to do on Monday? Um, I think you, I mean, the dive shops is my main goal. I want to get everything that I don't have, that I probably don't need to purchase. I was going to say, there's really nothing that you need to purchase. No, but, you know, there's things that, of well, course, I want. There's one thing that we may purchase that we need, but we can rent it. We'll get into that right. in, in a little bit. So, okay, so then Tuesday, August 25th, we are going diving in the morning. We're doing a two-tank dive, going out on the boat. And basically, we told, look, we talked to Lou at Rainbow Reef. I don't think Rainbow Reef people listen to this podcast. But if they do, you know, we're going to, maybe they will, because we're going to tell them that we vlog and all that grab stuff. Grab some I'm cards. Sure. We'll grab, yes, we got to remember the cards. Anyway, we talked to Lou, who was very nice, very friendly, got us set up with the hotel, got us set up with our dives. And we are like, Lou, look, uh, we want we want comfortable, easy dives, because it's, because really Kimbra's, you've only dove in the ocean one time, right? So and, Twice. And I, twice? Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about Spanish rocks, which was more challenging of a dive. It was. That's absolutely true. But we want to build your experience. And quite frankly, I don't get to dive that often. So I, I could use the experience as well. So we said, give us the easy stuff. You know, don't, don't send us on like a 100-foot wreck or anything like that with currents and all that. So Lou chose where we're going to dive. And uh, we looked up the places afterwards, and, and they all look awesome. Of course, well, that, wait a minute. We said easy dives, but we also said we're into the animals. That is that is also true. We, we gave him that as well. We said, look, we don't care as much about, you know, the historic part of things. I mean, it's fine. We, we like that, but uh, we want to see animals. That's, that's our main goal is to see animals. If we see other things, too, that's cool. But that's not why we're diving. We're diving to see animals. So so the first day, we're going to a place called Snapper's Ledge and another place called Pickles Reef. So the way, for those of you that aren't familiar with scuba diving, the way most dive excursions work, if you're going on a boat dive, usually it's two-tank dive, which means that you go to one spot, you dive, you get out, get back on the boat, you go to spot two, you dive, you get out, out get back on the boat, uh, well, actually, get back on the boat and get out. What should you do first? Get out or get back on the boat? It's like the chicken in the you egg. You get out and then on the boat because you have to climb up the ladder okay, to get onto fair. the boat. But you're anyway. So we're gonna. So that's how it works. So you, we're gonna do that. That's Tuesday, first day of diving. We'll get back and then I don't know. It'll probably be like noon. We'll be hungry. We'll eat and then we'll go find some other stuff to get into. Uh, the next day. And by the next day, I mean that night, not the next day. <laughs> we, I don't know why. I just looked at it. My eyes went bloop. I'm looking at the schedule here. Tuesday evening, uh, we're going on another dive, but just a one tank dive. And that's because it is a night dive, which I see they spelled N-I-T-E. That's really bothering me. 
that's why I think I, I texted you something the other day and spelled it that way because of the way that they spelled it. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a night dive, which will be Kimber's first night dive. And I've only done, I think, maybe four or five night dives in my life. So I'm pretty excited about this one. Not like I'm not excited about all the dives, right? But I'm pretty excited about this one. This one is going to, uh, you want to tell them about this one? Yeah, this one's going to Binwood Wreck. Which is, I think it's a pretty shallow wreck. What is it? Up to like 40 feet or something. So it's yeah. it's not real deep, but which is good because I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit nervous about doing a night dive just because I'm not used to diving where I can't see. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about the keys is the visibility is good that with the lights, you know, you still have pretty good visibility like it's it feels different to me it feels different to dive in low visibility than it does to dive at night like i feel like i can i don't know i feel like i can see better at night well i guess also because you have the advantage of seeing other people and their lights so you know with low visibility you might not be able to see them because they it's during the day they may not have whatever but yeah so why do you go on a night dive what's the purpose of a night dive creatures that are like nocturnal move around and you'll see them yeah think about this if you go to a city uh, on vacation let's say you go to las vegas or new orleans or um, miami or almost anywhere you go out during the day and you go out at night it's different right there's different people out they're doing different things it's no different on the coral reef it's the same thing Nighttime, you got the night crew, the night active, you know, the party fish. They're out. They're doing their thing. They're they're whatever they do. And then during the day, you got the you know the different crew. So it's going to be really cool, really really cool. I wonder if we will have bioluminescence because I when I did the night dive years and years ago in the Keys, we had the bioluminescence where we turned our lights off and waved our hands out around, and there was like little lights surrounding us everywhere. It was freaky cool so i hope we get to do that too that's cool yeah so the gear that we don't have that we probably should buy but we don't have to because they're expensive are flashlights underwater lights i have one light but we should really have uh really we should have probably two lights each like a small backup and and a regular light i think that's and make sure it's either charged or has a battery in it. Yes, because last time I tried to use my light, it wasn't charged. I didn't really need it, fortunately, but yeah, that's a that's a lesson learned. So I don't know. We'll probably rent them, cause, but who knows? If they have a really good sale or something, maybe we'll buy one. Buy but, one, get one. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a really good sale. Because there's two of us. But we're, that's right. I know. <laughs> yeah, we could buy two each. Well, oh. Anyway. <laughs> The Benwood Wreck, yeah, it's it's fairly shallow. Actually, all the dives we're doing, I think, are somewhere between 25 and 45 feet of water, which is, for diving, that's like super safe dives and uh, really easy dives. The, the advantage of diving in shallow water, not only is the safety factor, like, super safe. I mean, it's really hard to, to not be safe in a 30-foot dive. But not only that, you also can stay underwater a lot longer because when you scuba dive and you go deeper, what happens is the air inside of your your lungs, it gets compressed. And so when you inhale from your scuba tank, you're inhaling compressed air, but normally you would just get enough to fill your lungs at a shallower depth. And now that's compressed, so you've got to get a lot more air into your lungs 
to still get the oxygen. So whereas you might be able to scuba dive on one tank for maybe an hour or more, if you're experienced at 30 feet, you probably can't stay that long at 60 feet because you're going to go through your air. Plus you've got to think about decompression and stuff like that. So anyway, that's why you get scuba certified before you dive, but we're going to have some fun, safe dives. I'm mostly saying that for Tammy, if she's listening, but, uh, <laughs> but it's true. I'm not just saying that it's, it actually is. That is actually for real true. Uh, these are going to be very, very safe dives. We, yeah, we, we told them that we had to do really shallow dives because my mom, is nervous about us going deep. <laughs> we didn't say no, that. No, we didn't say that. All right. So the next day, August 26th, that's a Wednesday. We're doing another morning two-tank dive. This time, where are we going? Hole in the Wall and Fire Coral Cave. So both of these areas, and some of the other ones too, but both of these areas talked about swim-throughs, which is kind of like a drive-through, where you go through a drive-through, you order food, this is a swim-through. You go through the swim-through and you order fish. <laughs> Not really. No. Uh, a dive-through is basically, it's something you dive through, like literally. Like usually in this case, it's it's coral that has not really a coral cave, I don't think, like we did in Grand Cayman, but maybe some little tiny coral cave, just little swim. It's a swim-through. So it's, you know, just a little a little area that you can swim through a little hole and, and uh it's just kind of cool, and you can see stuff living on the hole and stuff like we that. We can use our flashlights if we buy them. We can, maybe, yeah, depending on how. I mean, <laughs> normally, I don't think it's no. that long, but it might be. I mean, you never know. You might, you know, and also a lot of these dives have a lot of ledges to look underneath, and that's where you find things like the moray eels and the nurse sharks, um, the spiny lobsters. So having flashlights can be advantageous for that as well. Okay. Then we're going to be done with that one. Uh, probably by noon we'll eat. Maybe maybe on this day we will go to the museum we're going to go to. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's, that's kind yeah. of what I was thinking. Is. So what's that museum called? Do you remember what it's called? It is the History of Diving. Something like that. I, I actually don't know. That's why I asked. Oh, I think it's the History of Diving <laughs> Museum. It is something like that. I could I could probably look it up really quick. But, it, but if you look up Diving Museum in the Keys, it's going to come up so it's it's a museum dedicated to the history of diving exactly <laughs> exactly and and mostly um i think it's mostly like recreational or well not necessarily recreational mostly like scuba diving kind of things but i, I think it gets into like deep sea diving and stuff as well i don't know i haven't been there so i'm really anxious to see it i'm curious to see what it's like and it looks pretty cool it doesn't look like it's huge but it looks like it's a neat place so We'll probably check that out. It'll be a good probably hour or two hours in there. And uh, if they let us film inside, then we will vlog it. I don't know if they will or not. We'll find out. Yeah. And then we have the 27th, which we are not doing any. We don't have any scheduled dives on the 27th. That's Thursday. No, but we have some other stuff planned. What do we have planned on Thursday? We're going to drive a lot. Yes. Sort of. So there's some different good snorkeling areas further down the keys that we think look pretty cool. So we're going to basically drive down and stop along the way a couple times and do some snorkeling. Yeah. And, um, I think we're not going that far. It's, I think it's maybe an hour, an hour and a half, maybe it's the farthest spot, but yeah, there's a place called Sombrero beach or reef. 
There's a Bahia Honda Park. There's a horseshoe-shaped lagoon that's basically an old mine that was used to build a bridge that's right at that Bahia Honda area. And so we're going we're gonna to probably check out a few different spots and check out the snorkeling from the beach, and then we'll be able to give you guys a report on what it's like to snorkel from the Keys from the beach so you don't have to pay to go out on a boat or anything. We may go out on a boat one of the other days, but um, I think it'll be cool. And we're going to be really close to the Seven Mile Bridge, which is where that one Shark Week episode is talking about that hammerhead that supposedly swims around there. I don't think we'll see it because we're not that lucky, but you never know. It'd be really cool if we did. I, we probably won't. No, I know. You we, know how many cool won't. creatures like that we've seen diving with me? We've seen a lot of fish, which is cool. I like fish. You've been on two dives. Yeah. Two dives. You've seen a lot. You've seen really big tarpon. You've seen a ton of reef fish. But I haven't seen stingrays or turtles or sharks. We're going to see some of that, if not all of that. I think in two I weeks. hope so. I'm I'm I would be shocked if we didn't. We'll probably see um do we see a more eel? Have you seen a more eel? Um only in Chonkanob when oh, when, when I was snorkeling. snorkeling yeah. You saw it way down, but it's, yeah, it's hard for you to see. We didn't really see, see we didn't see it on our dive. That's my prediction. I think that we're gonna see some, if not all, those creatures. Hopefully we'll see some nurse sharks. Maybe if we're really lucky, we'll see some other species, but uh, I think definitely there's a. Che- I think we'll see stingrays. I think we'll see at least one more eel. Hopefully a bunch. Uh, if we get really lucky, we'll see an octopus. You know, maybe on the night dive. I know. Um, I think Mallory said that they see not they see octopuses on night dives. Okay. I think I think that's what they said. So uh, anyway, yeah. So that's so that's Thursday, and then finally on Friday we're going to do another two tank dive. So that's seven dives we're going, we have scheduled right now. Seven dives. Is that enough? I I mean, I don't know. If we could stay longer, we we would do more. I mean, if we if if we are feeling it, we could always book another dive. An afternoon dive. An afternoon dive, maybe even through another vendor, just to to try out a different vendor, and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we're going to two different spots this time, which is called North Star. And winch hole. That's with an I. Winch hole. Not as opposed to the pipe. Oh, no, that's going in a whole other direction. I didn't even think about that. Anyway, North Star and winch <laughs> hole. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't even thinking of it that way until I started to say it. Anyway, uh, yeah, so these are these are spots that uh, also I think winch hole has a, has a swim through. That's why it's called winch hole, I think, actually. Oh. And a winch. I'm pretty sure there's a winch. I'm not a winch. And uh, North Star is, is in the same vicinity and um, should be cool. Yeah. And these, these last four dive spots are all on Molasses Reef. Yes. So they'll be slow. <laughs> a little sweet. Now the, and, and yes. <laughs> now, the, the cool thing, too, about Rainbow Reef, and, and uh, you know, it gets mixed reviews from people out there, but one of the only things I've heard that people complain about is that they, they say that they have too many divers on a boat. But, hey, right now... They can't because it's the coronavirus. So uh, I think it's win-win. We've also heard really good things about Rainbow Reef, too, from people that we know personally. And so we trust that pretty well. But the other cool thing is most of these places charge around the same price for these two tank dives. But then we're getting a free complimentary dive guide 
that, that we can go with on every one of these dives. So we'll have somebody that will guide us around the reef. They can show us different things. It'll be awesome. And uh, you have to pay usually $25 per person for that service through other dive vendors. So that's a lot of difference in price right there. Yeah, we got we got a really good deal going through this dive center. Yeah, and we also booked right before Labor Day, which was unintentionally beneficial. Yeah, I think he said we got like the best rates of the year. Which so, yeah. go us. Is that true? We didn't get our six hundred dollar but... credit, but we got the best rates of the year. <laughs> right. Woohoo. <laughs> we probably didn't save six hundred dollars, but I bet we saved a, a couple hundred at least. Yeah. On that. So that is our plan. That is our big cruise-ish type vacation that we need. And hopefully um, nothing will foil it because we both need it. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And it's coming sooner than what the original cruise was supposed to be. That's right. Because that wasn't going to be until October. So this is way before then. Way before then. So yeah. Uh, uh, Anything else you want to say about that? No, I I think we covered it all. I'm excited. I'm going to do some diving, get more comfortable, and then we're just going to have to go back over and over, I'm sure. Sounds good. Well, we've been looking at a lot of videos of these different reefs we're going to be visiting. So one of the fish that we noticed that there seemed to be a lot of and we've seen them in other spots too, are these really cool fish called schoolmasters. So we thought they would be a good cruise creature for this week. So the first thing you need to know, I think I already told you, which is the schoolmaster is a fish. It is the, it's a snapper. Get it? Now I tried to figure out what the etymology was on the name schoolmaster and I didn't see anything. I can assume it's because they school like, fish do but you you tend to see them in big schools like sometimes you don't but a lot of times i see a bunch of them together schooling like a lot of other snappers and grunts do and uh so i don't know why they got the called schoolmaster and the other ones aren't i don't know if anybody knows maybe they're better at it maybe maybe if anybody knows let me know because i i tried to research it and i couldn't find anything on it i also was curious about why are they called snappers to begin with. Oh. Yeah. What'd you find? Well, I didn't find a lot, but uh, it has something to do with the fact that their jaws are kind of even in size and they have enlarged canine teeth. I I don't know how that relates to snapping, but apparently it does. Okay. I, I've, I think I've heard that they make a snapping sound, but I tried to look that up too and I couldn't find any reference to it. So I may be crazy there. I don't know. I've never heard them making sound. They don't have thumbs, so I don't know how they can snap. But anyway, they're called snappers. I have thumbs and I can't snap. That's true. So maybe you're a snapper and you don't know it. Okay. (laughs) Tell us what this fish looks like, Kimbra. So this fish is silver with yellow fins, basically. There is kind of a a copper variation. um, Like a police officer version? Of the schoolmaster? Like yeah. A, a copper? Yeah. A Look copper. at all that copper over there. And it has a, a light blue line or bright blue line under Oh, the blue, thin blue line. See? It's, oh. It's another police reference. Look at that. 
And then we're gonna the, change the name of this fish. The juveniles has like some some stripies or bars down but its back. Bars. They're bars. They go up yeah. and down like a well, jail. Look, boom. Police officer reference number three. Then the, then those are bars. If they're going across horizontally, yeah. those are stripes, like the flag. Think of the flag. It's not the bars and stripes. It's the stars and stripes. Okay. Well, it, you can't say barzy like you can stripey. You can. It just doesn't sound very okay. good. Okay. Well. They're barzy. That makes them sound like they're drunks. <laughs> I'm going to drink like a fish. Oh, you're talking about the schoolmaster. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they're uh, they're kind of silvery. Sometimes they're a little duller, but they have all their fins. All of them are typically yellow, and they're pretty bright yellow. So they're pretty easy to pick out. Like once you know a schoolmaster, you know a schoolmaster. Uh, the, they don't always show their bars. Sometimes their bars are, they fade in and out. I don't know. But you can see that yellow on their, on their fins. And how big do they get? Um, 10 to 18 inches and a maximum of about two feet. So I don't know how big the schoolmaster is at the aquarium, but um, yeah, most schoolmasters I see are probably on the smaller side of that 18 inches, probably closer to 14 inches, I would say. They are bigger than some of the other snappers that I see. Not like there's some big snappers like dog snappers and stuff that are bigger, but they're, they're, you know, bigger than some of the other ones, but like the blue, blue stripe grunts, there's not that. Never mind. Just ignore that. Anyway, they, um, but they can get really big. So that tends to be what happens at a, with aquarium fish because they live to be really old and they get all the food they want. And they don't have any predators to worry about. So they just get huge. And uh, you might see one of those 18 inch or two footers at an aquarium. I mean, a two foot fish is a pretty big fish. It is a big fish. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's the cruise creature. Any Anything else you want to say about them? Um, I mean, we talked about them schooling. Yeah. This, this book here says their, their reaction to divers says somewhat wary tend to keep their distance. Close observation may require repeated non-threatening approaches. Oh, and if you get out of line, they'll put you in timeout. Like a, like a, that wasn't a, that was a schoolmaster reference. They'll put you behind bars. Is this? Yes. That, that would be more extreme. <laughs> Depends on on the school you're going to, but uh, yeah, if you do something to get you put behind bars in school, you're doing something pretty bad, probably. Anyway, that's our that's our cruise creature. Cool, I like that cruise creature. I mean, I picked it. You did, and we're probably going to see you with them. So I hope so. I think it was a good cruise creature. All right, you want to take us out? Yeah. I forgot what to say. <laughs> Well, do you want me to take us out? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. It's time to head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Okay, so uh, Shark Week starts technically tonight, I think, Saturday night. 
Yeah. But I don't know that we have anything on the list. It's like, I don't know if it's reruns or something. Um. Oh, tonight's Saturday, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 I don't know what's on. I'd have to look it up again. Yeah. I don't either. And also, uh, just uh, for the people listening at the end, we got that other email from Scott, Professor Travel. We didn't mention that. We did. Because he wanted to, well, first of all, Bessie is working on a new email. So we'll see when when that comes around. When that, don't want to put that out to pasture. That's the best I could do. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, And, uh, but, but he also wanted us to talk about um, aquariums, which... We may do that down the road. Yeah. Do a little homework on that. It's a good that. suggestion. And uh, crows versus ravens. Or ravens versus crows, which we will maybe do, but probably save that one for October. Because they're scary. I guess. Whatever. They're blackbirds. Something about blackbirds just creep me out. I love crows and ravens. You say that. 